This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Excellent. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Maria Desmondi. I am the publisher at Cardinal Rule Press, and one of the things we love to do is to create these events for community create these events for classrooms. It brings together different creatives, which you're going to meet here today. And we get to talk about a really important topic surrounding picture books and something that is very prevalent in many, many of our lives. And so without further ado, we are going to begin today with a little housekeeping. Um, number one, I see some teachers. Um, we are recording, but your student faces will not be in the recording. Uh, any questions, you can go ahead and type it into the chat. Um, we will do a Q&A at the end as well. And to begin, we are going to kick off today's panel, which is all centered around embracing our culture um, in celebration of Don's book being released in just a couple months here called It'll Be I Read. So Don, thank you. Don, let's go ahead and have everyone um, is going to give a quick introduction, who you are, where you are currently zooming in from, and um, we'll circle back to our books in a few moments. So Don, you're first, and then you can unmute yourself, and then you can tag the next speaker. Got it. Thanks, Maria. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Don Swaby, and hi. Uh, I was born and raised in Queens, New York, New York City. Uh, uh, however, uh, currently, I am Zooming uh, from uh, my current place of residence in the city of Los Angeles, California. And was that it? And next person, great. Uh, the next person would be Selena. Hi, um, I'm living in Brooklyn, originally from Vancouver, Canada. And um, am I supposed to talk about my book at all? Or just gonna do a quick introduction, and then we will dive into books. So thank you for tuning in today, Selena, another creative, Dan. Hi, I'm Dan Yaccarino, and I am uh, currently in New Jersey, uh, where I was born and raised. Fantastic. Born and raised in Michigan, here I am. And um, I would like to take a, a moment to invite our guests to go ahead and type into the chat where you are Zooming in from as well. Fiona? Hi, everybody. It's so nice to be here. Um, I am currently in Chicago, but you may be able to tell from my accent that I was not always from Chicago. I grew up in Dublin, Ireland, so I'm a proud Irish immigrant and I'm happy to be talking to you all today from Chicago. Fantastic. Welcome, welcome. And it looks like you have sunshine as we do here in Michigan today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I um, did put a way to connect with our speakers here um, in the chat. We have someone watching from Sacramento, California, other individuals from Michigan, very exciting, North Carolina, um, the Charlotte area. And unfortunately, we did have one speaker who is ill today. Reem Farqui is not going to be here, um, is not feeling well, but um, we wish them well. So let's go ahead and talk about what is it that drew you to this panel? Um, I know several of you are creatives and, and Fiona works in this um, area of immigration. And so we're really thankful to have her here today. So we will start with Selena. Tell us a little bit about your book 
or books and what inspired you to write? Um, so my book is I is for immigrants and um, I was inspired to, well, my father was an immigrant from Istanbul, Turkey, and he moved to Vancouver, Canada um, after he did the army. And um, so I was born and raised in Canada. I immigrated myself to the United States after moving to New York City to go to art school. So um, I am interested in the idea of my grading to new places and making home anew. Um, and I just love living in New York City and the bringing together of so many cultures from all over. I find very inspiring and I wanted to capture that in my picture book. And when did this picture book come out? It came out in 2020, Okay. I believe. Yeah. Okay. A very special year and we can see that you are celebrating culture behind you in the room that you were sitting in. I can see a ton of artwork and I believe those are CDs of music, per right? Yes. So Relative. boys and girls, those of you tuning in, we don't just celebrate who we are through art, but it can be through music as well. And as we're talking about today, through children's literature. Um, can you share with us, please, Selena, one of your favorite pages from your book? Show it on the screen and tell us why, what makes that your favorite page or one of your favorite pages in your book. Okay. Um, so this is L is for languages and it's also Lady Liberty. And I, um, I like this one because I have um, her saying welcome in many, many different languages. Um, and, uh, I just, I just think this is a very welcoming image. It is. And in the book industry, we call that a double spread and it is, so it's laid across two pages. So it really makes a big impact. And last, but certainly not, not least, um, can you tell, because we have several classrooms tuning in, tell us what does immigrants mean? What is the meaning and definition behind that word? Um, means, a, uh, I believe it's a person or people who move to a new, migrate to a new country and make the country their, their new home. Beautiful. I love how you describe that. Thank you. Dan, welcome. And we'll Hi. be back to you, Selena. Thank you so much. Dan, welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you are here to represent and share. Well, I've always been deeply uh, interested in my family's history. And through that, uh, I started to learn more and more about my culture. And I wrote and illustrated a, a picture book called, uh, oh, I can show you this, All the Way to America, uh, the story of a big Italian family and a little shovel. And uh, this is the, sho the actual shovel from my... Uh, from my ancestors. And that sort of created a thread throughout the book where this shovel was passed along. Um, I think I'm the only one out of my siblings that have, has any interest in family history or anything like that. I, I, I've always had that and so much so that I'm now pursuing dual citizenship with Italy. So just to get sort of closer to my roots and 
you know, be able to stay there for extended periods of time. But uh, yeah, I, I've always had that interest and I love my culture and I want to share that with the world. So. Dan, tell us a little more about the shovel. <laughs> the shovel, <laughs> um, it was passed down through a few generations in my family. And hang on, I could show you something. My great-grandfather came to the United States. He settled on West uh, 68th Street. And um, this was a shovel actually that my grandfather had. A lot of people in my family are in the food business. And this was originally used to, um, he had a market. So this was used to scoop up dried beans or pasta or something like that, passed along to my dad. And then I took it when I moved out of the house many years ago. And I didn't know why I took this thing, but I wanted it. And I felt like it was a family heirloom, even though it's, you know, just a hunk of metal. But uh, I, I knew it had some significance. And it's always been on a shelf uh, in my studio where I work. And just to sort of remind me. And then slowly a story start, it started to formulate in my head. And I had an idea of just going through the generations. But I couldn't quite figure out what the connective tissue was. And then I looked up there it was so and uh, it's truly it's it's an artifact I think we could definitely call that an artifact yes. in your yes. family's history it's something that has been around and I love that you have an artifact to remind you of where your family came from that's, that's I, it very much represents the sort of the repeated phrase in the book is um love your family hang on I could say work hard <laughs> love your family and just enjoy your life and I think that that shovel, which was also used for gardening as well, so something for pleasure, something for work. So I felt like, wow, that I, you know, I figured it out. So uh, that's really neat. And Dan, when did your book come out? When when can we sell? Uh, a few years ago. I'd have to look at the copyright page. That's but, okay. Um, that's okay. Um, there Wonderful. was a spread that I wanted to. This is an image of my great grandfather uh, saying goodbye to his parents in Sorrento, and then I wanted to bookend that with me moving out into my apartment in Manhattan. And you'll notice that the framework of the drawing and the design of the pages is pretty much the same. So I wanted to try to show the cyclical nature of the whole thing. That's so because I moved back to Manhattan where my family had left years ago. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dan. Thank you. Dan? I just unmuted myself. Okay, so uh, so this occasion uh, happens to be uh, because I have a debut book coming out, thanks to Cardinal Rule Press Publishing, um, my first picture book, It'll Be Irie. So It'll Be Irie is inspired by my uh, family. Um, I am a first-generation American. Uh, both of my parents uh, come from the island of Jamaica. Uh, and so uh, I was inspired pretty much by their stories um, uh, that they shared with me when I was growing up um, uh, and traditions. So one story being um, my mother's uh, experience uh, as a child going to a new school in a new country, new city, New York City. Uh, she was 15 um, and uh, she was conscious of how she spoke and her dialect. Uh, and so uh, the book uh, touches upon that. Um, and by the way, I just will actually just have to just put this out there. Um, so I'm going to give you a true or false question, guys, and then we're going to add, I'm going to uh, uh, also just mention uh, why I'm asking this. But uh, true or false, English uh, is a 
created uh, 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 as an amalgamation of created language made of other languages, true or false? And if you said true, you're right. Uh, uh, English is, is a made up language made up of Germanic words, I mean, from Germany, uh, French words from France uh, and English. Uh, and uh, Patois, which is Jamaican, uh, Jamaican dialect or a form of English is in, in itself also created, uh, but it is equally its own language with its own rules, its own grammar. Uh, so when you speak, when you hear my, someone uh, speaking Patois uh, with Jamaican dialect, you know it's uh, it's English, but it's also its own language. So uh, so that is uh, part of the inspiration. The other part is, uh, of course, my father being a great uh, baker, and every Christmas he would make what's called Jamaican Christmas cake, which is so delicious. If you've never had some oh my gosh, you have to get yourself some Christmas Jamaican cake this December, um, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, because it's it's like a fruit cake. It's very sweet. It's it's thick uh, and it's just amazing. And my dad made that every Christmas, uh, several uh, 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 that he would share with family. So that's also uh, part of the part of the book. And Don, do you have um, a spread that you would like to share with the listeners? Sure, we can do that. Yes. Um, so I have uh, what's called a, a galley copy or a an advanced copy. This is not the copy that's actually going to be the, the book for sale. So it'll be, it'll look a little different. Um, but my favorite uh, is actually here, this one, just because. So it's a spread that's actually several pictures. And the reason I like, uh, and I'm gonna show you one at a time. So here, let me just move my, my camera. So there's, wait, <laughs> hold a second. So here's one picture, I don't know if you can see it, uh, of Raymond. Uh, and here's another picture of him at the dinner table. And if you can see that there, well. And another picture of him uh, fishing in Jamaica with his cousin. And then one more here. Uh, this one, he's making a pizza. And I love this one because I tried the same thing. I, you know, I tried to make my own pizza once. It, it really didn't come out that great. I was proud of myself <laughs> in retrospect. You know, it, it was like Raymond's, you know, he's, he's trying his best to be an American. So uh, that really tickled me because, you know, it, it, it brought back my own memory. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, one thing that I notice um, is really connecting the stories together is um, a lot of people celebrate their culture through food. And like we talked about with Selena, um, how just in her in the room that she's presenting in, there's music, there's art. Well, um, language is another one. We also celebrate through language. So before we move on to Fiona, um, which I'm excited to talk to, I wanted to share something from my own family. Um, my family, um, my grandparents are from Malta. It's a little island um, off of Italy. And when I got married, um, I was so proud of my name, Chini, that I changed my middle name that my parents gave me and I put my maiden name as my middle name. So I am now Maria Chini Desmondi. Now I'm going to hold up on my screen. This is how you spell my last name. So I married Dave Desmondi and that's his family name Desmondi. His family came, his grandfather came from Italy. However, when he came through New York City and they were working on his immigration documents, they misspelled his name, not his brother's, but his name. 
So our last name is really Gizmondi. There's a G at the beginning and an I at the end. But this one little part of our family is the only one that has their name spelled incorrectly with a D and a Y. And we've always kept it that way. So when we meet a Gizmondi, we know that's a made up name and we are probably related to them. So it's just very interesting how things changed a long, long time ago when people came here to the United States. And I bet those things still happen today. And so with that, Fiona, tell us a little bit. And remember, we have children in the audience. So definitely share, share with our students. Um, what is it that you do to help children and families and to work with others who are coming here to the United States? Well, thank you so much, Maria, and everybody for welcoming me here today. Um, I'm so delighted that there are children here because I am a mom of two kids myself. And the reason that I wrote my children's book was to talk to children about immigration, because that is what I do in my job. Um, I am an immigration lawyer, so I help people come from all over the world into the US. Um, I can also help people who are already here, help them with ways to maybe stay here. And sometimes they want to become US citizens. And so I can help them in various paths um, on, their, on their kind of process. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I do in my day-to-day -day job. I'm an immigration attorney and I'm a naturalized US citizen, meaning I went through the process myself um, as well. And how old, did you mention how old you were when you went through the process? So I actually, I came here when I was in college as part of an exchange program through law school. Um, so I've been here for approximately just under 20 years. So, um, you know, almost like half my time I've spent in Ireland and then half my time in the US as well. Wonderful. And would you like to share about your picture book as well? Yeah, so my book is called Our American Dream, and I wrote it, it came out just before the pandemic, and this is why I'm really excited that there are kids here today, because I wrote the book so I could talk to kids about some of the people that I get to help, and you know, you can see all the different people here on the front cover of the book, and there's a page on each one of them, and it really represents you know, different immigration stories. I feel so lucky that I get what I call like a front row seat to the most beautiful immigration stories. And I thought, why not like create a book so I can share this with people? Um, there's also a lot of stuff, you know, happening in the news about immigration. And I felt like kids had a lot of questions. And I thought maybe with the types of um, people that I get to work with that I thought maybe I could you know, put this in writing and just have a way to, um, you know, engage with children, like my own children as well. And I've spoken to their classes about it. And just, I think, you know, having conversations like this um, is what makes America so beautiful. I love that. And is there a special spread or um, page that you would like to share with us? Yeah, there is. So this is my spread that I'm going to share. And it, it basically talks about how, um, you know, we look not to build walls, but to make tables longer, gathering side by side because diversity makes us stronger. So I think, you know, it's important to know that when immigrants come to the US, you know, they become our teachers, our neighbors, our friends, you know, we're, we're all living in America together. 
Um, it's not like immigrants versus like everybody else. Like we're all here. And when I'm looking at even the attendees here today, I'm reminded of that. And I think that that's what makes America so fantastic is that we get to live in this country alongside people who have all different experiences. Because as I say to my kids, how boring would it be if everybody spoke the same language or, you know, had the same religion and looked the same and was the same, same color. Like we're, we're so fortunate that we get to have immigrants, you know, living amongst us and as part of our, you know, society here. And that's why I think this page is one of my favorite pages. Oh, that is spot on. And it, it makes like you said, it makes so many different things better. It makes our meals better. We have a variety of food. We have a variety of language and music and art and conversation. And there is a term, actions speak louder than words. And I'm going to repeat that one more time. Actions speak louder than words. And um, I was a teacher for many years and we had many students come into our classroom and they did not know how to speak English. Can you imagine how scary that would be to go into a classroom where people are moving their lips and you cannot imagine, you can't understand what they're saying. But what you can understand, because this is not part of the language, is you can look at their face and you can tell if they are inviting you, if they are being friendly to you. Because actions like a smile or a thumbs up or a high five, all of those actions make someone feel welcome. A pat on the back, an elbow bump, a fist bump, all of those things are something that you can do to welcome someone not speaking your language, to let them know that you are there for kindness and you are there to help. So just remember that. Um, this, I just am so excited about this conversation. And um, as we move on, I would love to know, um, do any of our authors have a story that they would like to share? Uh, this was not in the agenda, I'm sorry. But um, you all are so, so connected to your stories. Does anyone have um, a personal story you'd like to share where maybe you felt different or maybe you felt embarrassed of your culture um, because other people didn't embrace it in, in a such way? Um, and as you're thinking, I can share with you um, that uh, my mother is 100% Polish, and I really do like um, eating a, get, get, uh, a certain type of fish, and I'm blanking out on the name, but it's basically in a jar, and it's cold, and it has vinegar in it. And my mom would pack this. Oh, Don knows what the name is. <laughs> I'm forgetting. So does Dan. They're, oh, they must really like this. Um, no. Oh, no, Dan, you don't. <laughs> so my mom it's would give out the fish. Okay. Gevelte, my mom gevelte, would gevelte pack gevelte this fish into pickled herring. This is the one I liked pickled oh. herring, a little different. And my mom would put it in my lunchbox and I would be so excited. Almost like my mom gave me a candy bar, but really it was stinky fish and people would laugh at me at the, in the lunchroom. So that was my example. If anyone has another example, they'd like to share. I will just share one briefly. Um, it, I was invited into my daughter's class this year to talk about St. Patrick's Day and about being Irish. And I think sometimes there's some stereotypes that are associated with being Irish that are not really reflective of our like actual culture. 
And so I would say from a positive point of view, it's always nice to be able to go in to just talk about the realities and to be able to kind of dispel some myths. And I think it's important when we, um, you know, think about culture and that we're really hearing like true stories and we're not relying on like, you know, stereotypes. So I just think from a positive point of view, that's just something to keep in mind as well. Fiona, can you tell us something that is a general stereotype around maybe St. Patrick's Day that is more of, um, you know, fiction that is more. Um, well, I know there's like an audience of children here, so I'm not sure how much I want to get into, but there are some historical stereotypes relating to Irish people that I think are better maybe left unsaid, you know, <laughs> but I just think um, it's it's just, I guess the takeaway is that there's, you know, every culture is different. There's no like one Irish culture. And also like Irish culture is diverse now as well. We have a lot of immigrants coming into Ireland from different places and that's so beautiful to see too. So I think that like recognizing that, um, you know, in countries even like Ireland, that's a small country in Ireland, um, you know, our culture is diverse too. So that there's not just one kind of idea of like, redhead freckles Irish dancer that's definitely a part of our culture Got it. all other different parts too beautiful yes and and also I think um the holiday has become very commercialized so it's you know it may have um turned into something that it's not but um I appreciate that example thank you Dan Don Selena any other examples There we go. I do a lot of traveling to promote my book. So I do, you know, sort of travel the country. I, like I said, I grew up in Northern New Jersey. So most of the kids that I went to school with were Italian American or Irish American. And so I didn't think anything of it because I was so immersed in this. But once I started traveling, I went to art school. I, you know, I, I lived in Los Angeles uh, to go to art school for a little while. And I remember feeling sort of the odd person out and I'm sure it's different now Don but back in the 80s it was I was sort of this oddly exotic creature you're you're Italian you went to school Parsons like that and I, and also you know I'm doing these school visits and I won't name the state but um in the Midwest and uh um someone asked me are you Italian and I said yes I am and she said that must be so much fun and it's kind of an odd response, but I, you know, think about this and I think about the general perception of Italian Americans, and I don't think it's all that great, which is why I'm compelled to do, you know, I wrote that book. I'm also working on a, a book about this little guy, and it's really celebrating the Italian culture and all the wonderful aspects of it. So what I'm in my own small way, I am trying to present to the world, you know, the positive attributes of my culture and hopefully maybe, you know, turn things around a little bit. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead. Dan. So I don't really have a negative story uh, to follow Dan's. Um, it's just maybe a companion piece to Dan's story, which is this. I mean, I grew up in New York. Um, and although I, uh, my close uh, family, uh, my close friends, uh, we're all from different cultures, in fact. I mean, I had friends who were Puerto Rican, Irish, Italian, uh, Indian, um, uh, uh, and other, uh, other cultures as well. Uh, however, and I also uh, went to uh, a school that was predominantly in a neighborhood Irish-Italian back in the 80s. Um, 
Uh, however, um, I also uh, experienced um, feeling uncomfortable, not so much because uh, of my culture, specifically as a Jamaican, but because of my skin color. And by that, I mean that, that uh, I don't want to say kids are kids or will be kids like that, but I, I will say that sometimes kids can sometimes not be nice and considerate when they're making jokes about other kids um, uh, or when they're making fun of other people, uh, which is a form of bullying. And so I did witness that. I myself was not a victim of that per se. I saw other kids uh, who were different, maybe a different skin color, uh, who, uh, for example, uh, were made fun of because of that and jokes were made uh, because of that. Um, however, um, one positive thing to end off with that is that um, I got to experience um, the, the better side of my classmates when on Cultural Awareness Day, um, I got to bring in my father's Jamaican rum uh, cake. Of course, it's, it was rumless cake because we're bringing it into school. So <laughs> there was much rum in it, but it's still Christmas Jamaican cake. And it was such a big hit that by the afternoon, I had to go to like uh, several uh, uh, teachers' rooms because they requested a piece. I had to go to the principal's office because she requested a piece. And I had none left by like <laughs> within a couple of hours, but it was great. And you can tell just that action of them embracing this special piece of your culture, how you can just see by you talking how great it made you feel. And so I think when we talk about this conversation of um, diversity and immigration and people who are you know coming here from different cultures and countries, it's so important to be curious and to ask questions and to try new things maybe like pickled herring. Um, so, you know, with that, I do want to pause and remind, um, and we did have many more. I just want you to know, we uh, do send out the replay to the classrooms because of different times in the day. We had many, many more classrooms sign up, but they will be watching the replay. So at this time, I just want to remind um, those in the audience uh, that you can ask questions. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, and we're going to start with Selena. We're going to talk a little bit about how are creatives here um, about their process of writing and uh, doing their work? Um, and as we're doing that, you can go ahead and pop some questions into the chat, please. So Selena, um, tell us a little bit about your creative process. Um, I guess when I'm thinking of, when I'm brainstorming ideas, I like to keep a sketchbook and um, actually have a sketchbook right here. So when I was doing, for an alphabet book, it's sort of like a puzzle when you have the 26 letters and you're trying to think of things for every letter. So I um, I have this, I like to, I work in mixed media. So I just kind of have a page for every letter of the alphabet and I just kind of paste down um, associations to the, the letters and um fill it fill fill the whole book up um so that when it's time to then put together the book dummy which i don't know how many people here really know book terminology but um i have to then combine certain letters together so, to fit into a 32 or 40 page book um so but the the sketchbook process is just the fun let loose play um, let things kind of happen unconsciously. And um, that's probably my favorite part. And then um, once I build the book dummy and then get to kind of do the final art, 
um, I have pretty much things mapped out for, for me, ready to go. Wonderful. I, I liked even the sound of you turning the pages. You could tell that there are so many different textures on the pages. Um, and Selena, what, what about now? Is there something that you're currently work on that, working on that you can share with us? Or let's say between books, are you, you putting different ideas into your sketchbook for future titles? Yeah, um, I am working on a few things that um, other people have written now, so um, which is kind of nice because I don't have to do as much research and I get to just focus on the imagery. But yeah, I've taken to doing sketchbooks for most of my projects um, just as a way to loosen up and play. So. Wonderful. I bet that's going to inspire a lot of listeners to get out those sketchbooks instead of those devices after school today. Um, Fiona or Dan, would you like to share a little bit about your creative process? Fiona? Thank you. Um, so for my book, I, you know, I am lucky that I get to work with so many different immigrants from all different places and they all have a different journey and a different path to getting to the US. So I wanted to first think about the different people that I would highlight. Um, and then I wanted to, you know, just write a page surrounding their story. And it's a short, like rhyming book. So, um, you know, that was kind of a challenge was like thinking of rhymes because I write for a living really is what I do as an immigration attorney. I write and I tell people's story to the government, but um, that was like a different type of challenge. So it was like figuring out which stories I would want to share how to share them and then also like thinking about the creative like um illustrations I had an, an amazing illustrator assist with that but I provided some sample photographs for inspiration um and one of the stories that I'll just show briefly um is based on my sister-in-law so she's married to my brother and she was adopted as a baby from the Philippines um and this book this page here so this is actually based on an actual photo of her parents when they brought her to America and so um those were the types of things that I used for inspiration in the book okay well I can talk about my process um I usually try to write with pictures first so I'll do a lot of thumbnails and doodles and things like that, because with a picture book, the pictures tell most of the story. So that's the sort of the, the engine. So I always try to, as much as I can, tell the story with pictures. Anything that I'm not able to express visually, which there's certain things you just can't, you know, express visually, that ends up becoming the text. But for me, you know, writing is is very bare bones because in a picture book, you know, you want to keep it uh, the text as minimal as possible, and all of your adjectives and descriptive phrases and adverbs and things like that are actually taken care of by the illustrations. So I tend to do both. And what has also helped me a lot is when I I work in uh, animation as well. So creating storyboard and creating, um, you know, sort of uh, scenes and different things like that visually, because again, with animation as well, the driving force is visual. And so once I'm happy with that, I lay everything out, 
then I start cleaning up the sketches. And then once the sketches get approved, then I move on to the finished illustration. So Dan, can I ask you, are you um, 100%, um, are, you, are you using digital media? Um, for example, are you sketching on maybe Procreate or some type of a program? Are you still kind of more of a hard tools, paper and pencil? It's, it's sort of half and half. Okay. Everything that I begin, you know, is on paper with, you know, like a brush and ink. So I want that human hand in there, you know, the human feel. Then I scan those black and white drawings and then I open them up and I color them digitally and sort of move, move them around. But um, I felt like I, I should have some elements of humanity in there in the artwork. And it's usually within the shapes and mostly with the lines. And so I've sort of created this process where I'm sort of using both. Mm. I support that humanity. I like that. Um, <laughs> as I'm learning more and more about AI, I like that you still have, you know, your hands in there and um, and your character. Can you show that character? So you had showed the character on the little scooter. Um, right. So, and I think you had said you were kind of creating the story, but starting with the character, right? Right, right. Sometimes the work will, you know, the ideas will just start with a character. And what I wanted to do is like I said, you know, highlight the Italian culture. His name is Piccolo, which means small or little in Italian. And he's sort of a very optimistic little character. And he, his environment is sort of not very particular or specifically Italy, but it certainly has sort of the overall vibe. And I just really feel strongly about it. And I like to share that with the world, I, I, I knew a prominent children, Italian-American children's book illustrator, Tommy Tapala. And so he was, uh, yeah, exactly. And they just issued a stamp of his, of Streganona. So yeah, so like that would be the, you know, the goal or the ideal is yeah. to bring culture, like positive aspect of the culture rather than, you know, all the other things that we see out there that, uh, yeah. you know, so pervasive in our, in our culture. So um, I feel very strongly about it. I'm very proud. And to your point of your family's name getting respelled, mine was too. Mine began with an I because there is no Y in Italian. So it would, you know, would begin with an I. So anytime I meet anyone who has the Y, I know they came from either my great-grandfather's family or my great-great-uncle's family. So, so kind neat. of spread out, you know, from Manhattan to New Haven, Connecticut to, you know, like sort of all these little areas. And so we, you know, I think we know that we're all related to each other in some way, shape, or form. That is really neat. We did have a question come in for Selena. Selena, someone would like you to go into a little bit more detail um, as far as do you um, take your work from the sketchbook and does that get scanned in as a finished book? Or they, they really want to know kind of from sketchbook to finished book, what does that look like? Um. No, I, well, I just try to um, use it. Uh, Oops, hold on. Hello. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just, um, it's just inspiration. So at that point, I redraw it and I use new collage materials for the final art. Okay, very but good. Sometimes it can look quite similar, actually. Very neat. Mm -hmm. And Don, anything you'd like to share as we wrap things up about inspiration for writing? 
well, my inspiration in in general for writing is is pretty much life. Is pretty much my life, um, uh, uh, as well as uh, the the lives of the family, my family and friends, uh, being inspired. As I said, my my current book, uh, uh, it'll be I read, which will uh, debut this July, is inspired by my parents, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those people where I, I like to write down ideas as they come. Uh, so sometimes uh, uh, snippets of, uh, of, a, of a sentence or, or words, descriptive words, things will just come to my mind. And so I'll just jot down things and do a lot of that, a lot of um, uh, just uh, free flow thought uh, uh you know about the project uh, until something starts to form, formulate, uh, and then when I think I have enough, um, you know, uh, uh, to to work with as far as notes, that's when I start to uh, create and and put something or shape something. Unless something is 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 what I call the pure inspiration. Those times is when it feels as if I am uh, a direct channel for something, and something's just coming right out, and that's happened as well. And that's an amazing thing. You can't plan that, and I would think and hope that the other. Uh, 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 artists uh, on the panel may have had that as well, where something is just, it's its just coming straight through you. And um, yeah. and you still have to revise, of course, but sometimes there, there are, are ideas that do come out that way. Beautiful, beautiful. Is this just for the channel? Oh, I think that that, um, someone must have gotten accidentally unmuted, but um, we are going to wrap up. I want to really, um, you know, ad admire and keep to our time. We have a lot of positive comments coming in. So interesting. Thank you for sharing. I would like to thank our panelists for sharing their stories, their inspiration, a little bit about their culture. And I would like to encourage anyone listening to remember that um, you are important and your story matters. And People want to hear your story. Um, and that can, you know, look in many ways, shapes or forms. Um, I always like to say, uh, you know, I'm not a singer, but for example, Taylor Swift is, you know, out there touring right now. That's one way that she shares her story is through music and on stage. And so your Sherry can your story can be shared in many different ways. And those um, panelists and creatives and artists and writers here are sharing their journey through writing and illustrating. So thank you, everyone. I really appreciate our panelists' time, and um, we thank you for being here today. Thank you, Maria. And thanks, Bye. everyone, for, thank for everyone. tuning in. Thank you. Bye-bye.
If this episode resonated with you, let's take it a step further. Head over to cardinalrulepress.com and check out our blog. It is filled with resources for anyone who loves books, whether you are a publisher, a librarian, a bookseller, or an author. We help you to figure out ways to get visibility around those books. Thanks for listening to All the Right Marketing with Maria Desmondi. If there is a topic you would like us to explore and cover, please email podcast at cardinalrulepress.com. Head over to our website, cardinalrulepress.com, to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can learn more tips on getting books visible into the market. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram for a daily dose of all things books. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks so much.